Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Why at Heart. Um, I'm currently podcasting from my bed. <laughs> um, Morgan has a, a female issue happening right now. Oh, man. I have severe cramping right now. Like, it's not even funny at this point. I feel like, you know how they mentioned in, um, what was it, in A Court of Frost and Starlight? how the Faye periods were like brutal. Yeah, it's the like favorite was like screaming as if she'd been cut in half or something. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's how I feel. I literally feel like all of my innards are coming out. But you know what's the best thing about well the silver lining according to Nesta? You only gotta deal with it twice a year and that's it. Lucky bastards. <laughs> that's it. Uh I'm gonna try to keep my energy high for you guys, but I am in severe pain. We're gonna do it. This week so much stuff. A bunch of emotional damage. I immediately, you said emotional damage. I immediately thought of that tic- TikTok. Emotional yeah. damage. <laughs> no, dead ass. Like, that's what this week's little chunk was. Emotional damage. A lot of, like, a lot of history. Um, A lot of information. Yes. So let's get right into it with chapter 43. We pretty much pick up with Nesta and Cassie in, in the spring court. Oh, Lord. And every time... <laughs> Every time Nesta turns her head, Cassian is like trying to scratch. Like, you know, you're playing red light, green light. And like, when you turn around, you're like red light and everybody just stops. That was Cassian trying not to itch. And she was like, you don't have to hide that from me. And she actually offers up a little truth of her own, how she used to get really bad allergies. Yeah. So I thought that was cute. Um, She also mentions that the spring court was made for someone like Elaine. Dump Elaine's ass there and keep it moving. Bruh, I I said to myself, I said in my notes, I swear, if this bitch gets with Tamlin, the both of them are dead to me. I can't, like, I the only way I see this working, and this is just me with, like, I guess, theories or whatever, is either Elaine is going to get with Tamlin, because we already know, like, Tamlin needs something. He is, he is down in the lowest of the low right now. Or she ends up with Lucian, and somehow they end up taking over the spring court. Or Tamlin perishes. He dies in some way. And the magic is immediately transferred to Elaine. That would... Oh, yeah. I think we talked about that, too. That would make sense. Yeah, because, like, the magic for the High Lord or quote-unquote High Lady doesn't... um It doesn't stick to a bloodline. So it, it wouldn't pass to a family... It might not pass to a family member or a cousin or whatever. It might jump to Elaine. Well, remember, too, Tamlin doesn't have any family left so we so it says unless you know that theory about when is true right. but yeah tamlin at this point in time doesn't really have any family left so it could very well jump to elaine and even if that um, even if that theory is true with gwen it could still jump to elaine that's the three theories i have in regards to the subject of elaine and the spring court because there's no way you guys keep mentioning oh elaine is, is she thrives in in you know the gardens and and Nesta mentioning Elaine would love it here. This is like perfect for her. Right. There's no way. No, you guys don't and just throw. Sarah J. Moss doesn't throw shit in there just to throw shit in there. Right. So at their meeting with Eris, ne- Nexta, Jesus. <laughs> at their meeting with Eris, Nesta actually uh, gets under Eris's skin. Yeah. Because he's trying to get under Cassian's yes. skin. And then she's like, oh, two can play that game, baby. They're also trying to see if Eris actually has traded on them, but they didn't really get any new information. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like for right now, Eris is still an ally, but he is looking pretty sus. Yeah, he was. I was reading this and I was like, mm, Eris, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I don't, I don't really know if he can be as trusted as we think. Um, so while they're arguing back and forth... <laughs> Tamlin finally decides to patrol his borders and catches all of them. So Tamlin shows up in beach form because that's the only form apparently he knows how to take nowadays. This is how I picture it. He immediately sees everybody and everybody immediately sees him. Everybody's just kind of like, oh, shit. This is supposed to be a secret meeting. And the fact that Tamlin caught them immediately makes Eris like, oh, shit, what if he goes and tells my dad? What ends up happening is... Him and Nesta go at it, like, word-wise. Yeah. Where he's like, you're just as nasty as your sister. And she's like, I fucking take that as a compliment. Like, fuck you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like She's like, I'd hate to disappoint. Right. I was like, yeah. oh, Lord. But then this was the funny thing. 
she goes to point her finger at him and he, he's like, don't yeah. point that at me. Like, don't do it. And it's almost taken as if Nesta pointing a finger is like a death sentence. She she actually called him out on it. She's like, I'm glad you remember what happened to the last person I pointed my finger at. Yes. I was like, oh, Nesta. Yes. Nesta. Um, I also, through this meeting, I was like, kind of thinking about the hate towards Tamlin. Mm. And I was like, if anybody has a reason to never forgive him, it's Nesta and Elaine. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, Cassian, yes, because Nesta is his mate. Yeah. But I'm, I'm waiting for that fucking bond to kick in. But everybody else is just like, you know, pipe down. So after that meeting, I was kind of wondering to myself, too, is Tamlin going to snitch? I don't think so, because he doesn't really have any interest in politics anymore. I don't think he I don't think he has anything to gain out of it, honestly. He doesn't. So like yeah. there's no reason to snitch, to be honest. I think him being in his beast form and barely using his voice and only walking around his court in that form, I don't think he gives two shits of what happens. I also Nesta threatens to decapitate him. Yo. And I'm like, bro, this is Nesta, baby, you can't, you can't threaten to decapitate everybody. Signature thing at this point. So we move on to chapter 44. Um, and we are back in Valkyrie training. In this one, Cassian talks also about the Valkyries that he met. Yeah. And that he actually fought with them in the previous war. And like immediately when he says that he had friends who fell, Nesta picks up on it and she's like, I guarantee you he was sleeping with one of them. Right, because <laughs> Nesta don't miss a goddamn beat. No. I wanted to ask, because at this point as well, when Cassian says that he trained, or not trained, but he fought with the Valkyries, Gwen's face kind of went like stark. Yeah. Like stark white, like, oh my God. And at first I was like, oh, maybe it's because like she's doing research on the Valkyries and she's super excited. Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking. She always says, oh, I'm not worthy oh, you guys will learn my story later and I don't know what you'll think of me. So if we're disregarding the theory that she is somehow related to Tamlin or whatever like that, do you think that she might have been a Valkyrie formally and because she couldn't save her sisters is why she feels like she's not worthy to um, like be a high priestess? Does that make sense? It does make sense. I don't know, though, because they're claiming the last Valkyries died a while ago. And Gwen was born only like, what, 20, 27 years ago. But what if she wasn't? I guess I guess we well we would have to hear her story then, because they from what I'm gathering, Gwen is young. I think that's the only thing that throws me off is like her age. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Like, I think she is actually like we discussed last um, episode. I think she is actually like 25, 27. Yeah. Something like that. But if she was lying about her age then and that she would make used sense. to be a Valkyrie, then it would make sense. That I don't know. It's sense. kind of an outlandish, it's kind of an outlandish um, theory, but I just wanted to throw it out there to see if it made sense. So something else uh, that happens in this chapter is Cassian, he asks Gwen to bring him everything she has or everything that Meryl has on the Valkyries to bring to him so that he can help them with the Valkyrie techniques. I just thought of something because, you know, they're combining the Valkyrie techniques and the Illyrian techniques. Yeah. Valyrian. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> this is the Valyrian crew, guys. Valyrian. We are Valyrian fighters and God. you will bow. Bend the knee. Uh, <laughs> Bend the knee. Um, later at dinner, also at the River House. Yeah. Elaine tells a story about Nesta, how she loves music and she's really good at dancing, like an art form almost. Did this surprise you? This story did not surprise me only because we know how Nesta operates. Um, what I was surprised about was learning that she actually liked music like a lot, mm -hmm. almost to the point where it was like um, it was kind of like art for her yeah. in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to see that a little bit later as well. Yeah. Um, but I found that pretty interesting. And Cassian is actually like, she's been releasing her rage, but she also needs to refine her joy yep. as well. Mm -hmm. The I kind of don't like the way that they're talking about Nesta being like a wolf locked up in a cage. Yeah. And yeah. They're trying to say that like she's not that she's never belonged, but just that like she's always been a little different. Now that she is Faye, the viciousness and everything that she is, that she is inside can also be reflected outside because Faye are 
you know, they're beautiful, but at the same time, they are vicious and like they're, you know, um, unpredictable and stuff like that. So like, that's what they're trying to say with Nesta. And like, I get it. But at the same time, I don't think it's the right way to describe her. Yeah, that's how I was. That's how I felt about it, too. Um, but I mean, everybody's been shitting on her this whole book. So why would I expect oh that God. to change? I can't. I can't. I really can't. Us yeah. included. No, us included up until no, last episode, I will but admit. Like, at this point in time, though, I will die on the hill with Nesta. I will sit yeah. there and I will be like, don't you talk to her. Don't talk about her in any way. Like, she's trying her best. I will stick up for her. Right. So we move on to chapter 45. Cassian finally tells Nesta about the new dread trove at training and it blows up in his face i was okay, like no. oh no let's really sit and talk about this because it wasn't like he sat there and he was like all right let me tell her about the dead trope the new dead yeah. trope no that's not what it was was he was trying to get a name out of her for the sword that she created because i don't know maybe it's imbued with power well it's like every great every great powerful sword has a name even king arthur's sword had a name excalibur, oh, yeah, excalibur. so <laughs> um oh all right, we'll get there when we get there because there's a story later on that immediately I thought of uh, King Arthur's story. Mm, okay. But um, yeah, so casting kind of fucks up in this in this sense because he's trying to get a name out of her and Nesta's very perceptive. She looks at him and she's like, why are you trying to get a name out of me during training? What is up? Right, and it was so random the way he bought it up. He's just yeah, like, exactly. 20 crunches, by the way, if you could name if a you sword. Could pick it, but it didn't make <laughs> like, any that's why I was saying, I was like, Cassie, you gotta be smoother than this, my guy. Like, this isn't it. But so, I love him because he's not. Like, <laughs> so at this point, it starts, it turns into an argument. As that's going down, Cassian is trying to backpedal. He's like, oh God, I fucked up. Let me try to save this moment. And like, he can't, he can't save the moment. No. It ultimately comes out that it was voted on whether or not she should be told that she can make these special weapons now. Immediately, Nesta's like, who voted against me? And Cassian's like, well, you know, we all took we all took this into consideration and blah, blah, blah. She's like, no, who voted against me? And he is trying his hardest not to rat out anybody. <sighs> but finally, he like tells her, Rhysand and Amran. Immediately, Nesta is like, Amran fucking voted against me. Fuck this bitch. She gets to the stairs. This bitch makes it all the way to the bottom to Valaris. <laughs> Bro, that pure rage. adrenaline and rage. So, so wait. So the end of chapter 45 is her basically stepping foot into Valaris for the first time since this book started. And it said that the door kind of opened and, and greeted her with the sunshine. The house was like, bitch, you're free. The house was like, and you like, did it. You Yay. Did it. Yay. <laughs> what is it? What does uh, Dora say? Yay. Lo hicimos. No, we, we did, did it. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was like basically the house being like, you did it. But the beginning of chapter 46. Bro, wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I laughed hard as fuck. I texted Ashley and I was like, what chapter are you on? When you get to the funniest part in this entire fucking book, text me back. Nesta shatters the door to Aaron's apartment and Aaron and Varian are in the middle of spicy time. Yo, Aaron and Varian are in the middle of spicy time with Aaron on top. And it's explicitly like this petite little high fae is on top of Varian, and then the door swings open. Here comes Nesta, and immediately, Amran is like, what the fuck? Nesta's looking at her, and she's like, bitch, I have a bone to pick. Like, right now. Right now. You're done with spicy time. Get the fuck off. Right now. We're going to talk about this shit right now. Bro, the ultimate cock blocking. <laughs> so then, Nesta looks at Varian, she's like, leave. Okay, one, I, I love Nesta. I love baby girl. But you gonna burst into my apartment, oh. shatter my door, tell me to stop fucking, and then proceed to berate <laughs> me? We're fighting. That is an automatic Ex- fight situation. I like- okay, but here's the funny thing. I think if Amran still had her powers, that oh, would have been have. fight. That would have yeah. been a fight, most definitely. Yeah. But- because Amran no longer has her powers. Now she, she has had to, use to think her twice about she had to think twice about this. What ends up happening is Varian leaves, like he rushes out, 
an argument basically ensues between Amran and uh, Nesta. And Nesta can't believe, like, she's she's like, I can't believe you hate me this much that you would choose not to tell me about my powers and, like, things like that. And that you would choose Feyre over me. And Amran was like, no, like, that was your thought process. She's like, I just told you Feyre wanted me to train you, but you took it personally and you took it as if I was siding with Feyre instead of instead of helping you in any way. And in reality, I, like, sat there, I was like, okay, so, yeah, if this is that case... This is kind of Nesta's fault that their falling out happened. Feyre has always been very vocal about helping her. And she's always been very vocal about being a sister to her. And so it's not surprising that she would tell Amran, hey, because we all remember reading um, A Court of Wings and Ruin that Amran and Nesta was having a budding friendship, right? Like they were having a blossoming friendship throughout that entire book. And so it's interesting I don't think it's not interesting. I'm sorry. It wasn't surprising that Feyre would ask Amran to help Nesta because she she had to have thought if Nesta would allow anybody to help her, it would be Amran. Yeah. And she brings that up, too. She's like, you also used our friendship, used my friendship as a shield so that other people wouldn't know that you were doing. You confided in me and you used that against me because you knew that I would never tell anybody I knew you needed to work it out on yourself. And that's my fault. But like, that's the thing, though. Amran even takes the responsibility. Like, she's like, I didn't speak to anybody about what you told me in confidence. I didn't tell anybody about what was happening to you because but I see, that's thought. Being a good, that's being, a, being good a good friend. friend. And I she, agree. she twisted that and used that against her. And I was just like, I damn, Nesta. Like, I still stand for you, Nesta. I still love you. But, you know, she does have a point. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Because before I was like, Amaran, sit your fucking ass down. Like, why are you being so mean? Blah, blah, whatever. But after this chapter, I'm like, you know what? This makes sense. I get it. This makes a lot of sense as to why there was such a big shift. Nessa basically kind of betrayed Amaran in that sense. Like she took something Amaran holds very dear, which is loyalty and friendship. And she twisted it. And now I get why Amaran was so pissed off. So when while they're still arguing, Feyre shows up. Varian went, ran his little, little legs to Feyre. It was like, hey, <laughs> yo, know he has little legs. I don't know. This is what I'm picturing. And he was like, he was like, hey, yo, um, your sister and Amran are fighting. Can you come help? So she goes over there to help. And in Nesta's fit of rage with Amran, Nesta goes to Feyre and she's like, oh, you think they're loyal to you? You think they trust you? She's like, they don't. Ask them what they haven't told you. They all know that this baby is going to kill you. You both are going to die during labor. And Feyre is like, what? Like she could, she can't believe that the people she holds dear, hold dear to her heart would not tell her that. See, I know that it was fucked up for Nesta to do that, but what mm-hmm. was even more fucked up was for no one to tell her. Not specifically no one, but Rhysand and Majda, the healer, should have had an in-depth conversation with her about what was going to happen, possibly, what they could do, possibly. Like, Feyre could help, like, with answers and stuff like that. But because Rhysand doesn't trust her with this information, now it was sprung up on her in the worst way possible. So I completely agree. And Cassian brings this up later as well. He's like, I know Nesta was doing it to be, like, nasty out of spite but she was also doing it because you know everybody voted against her and she wanted to show favor like everybody voted against you too see they're not perfect no i look i completely agree with that entire thing i i do because i don't think it's right that reese didn't say anything because ultimately it is it's favor's body she should know what's gonna happen and like none and we do not approve of men making choices for somebody else's body (laughs) Just wanted to throw that shit out there. So Nesta says this to Feyre and she's like, oh shit, I am so sorry that it came out that way. Yeah. And like she immediately runs away. Um, And of course we switch to Cassian's perspective. So Cassian knows he fucked up with telling her that Reese and Amran voted against her, right? And he ends up at the river house thinking she's there. She's not there. So he's, he's still looking for her. And then- all he hears in his mind is Cassian. The way I picture it is the most calmest 
of voices, but like a deep voice. And all he hears is Cassian and he knows his Reese. And he's like almost like a small child that's in trouble. He's like, what happened? Is everything okay? Bro, the last, the last line of that chapter, get her out of the city before I fucking kill her. I was like, oh my God. At that point though, I don't blame Reese. I don't agree that he didn't tell Feyre about the whole thing. Right. But I don't blame Reese for being that angry about it. It's it's so weird because it's like, I understand. I'm like, yeah, Nesta, you fucked up. Yeah, Reese, you fucked up. Yeah. But I'm still like, no, don't don't threaten her life. It was just, it was a lot for me. I I don't blame him for it. Granted, like, I don't agree with the how the situation came about. And I don't agree mm-hmm. with like everything like that. But I don't blame him for having that type of reaction towards it. Because like, it's it's noted earlier on in the book that regardless of whoever Reese is, as we know him, he's still a high fae. Yeah. Well, one, they get very territorial territorial once they have a mate, right? But for the mate to also be pregnant and for them to know it's not easy to get pregnant, I think that that adds another level. Yeah. So we are in the middle of the shitstorm now, moving into chapter 47. Cassian is flying around the city looking for Nesta. And Nesta is literally like top speed, just running, running, running. He spots her swoops her up and shoots right back into the sky. And like, at this point, she doesn't even fight him. Um, He picks up a bag from Asriel at the House of Wind and they dip. So Tehassian takes her to um, this mountain range, which is right in between Illyria and Valaris. Yep. And Nesta is just like utterly devastated with what she's done and everything. That means everything that she's done up until this point. Another thing that happens in this chapter is um, Feyre talks to Cassian through the mind. Um, and she just basically tells him, like, you know, watch out. Please watch for Nesta. I do forgive her. And I've spoken to Reese. And he forgives her, too, quote unquote. But yeah. he does want her to be punished for what she did. So Cassian having her out there and um, basically going hiking and, like, just keeping her out in the wilderness is supposed to be punishment enough. But it also... It was interesting because he says that those mountains, mm-hmm. um, he heard from more that people would go there once upon a time to heal. And yeah. so he's like, he is bringing her there like as a punishment as well, walking her all the way like through and shit like that. But he's also hoping that maybe being in nature will kind of cleanse her. The way that she is right now, like Nesta doesn't care whether she lives or dies. Which is basically how Feyre was when she was in the spring court. Yeah. It's crazy. It was really hard for me to read that, like from her point of view, because she was like, and this is from, what is it? This is chapter 47, 48, and 49, where they're just like, hiking they stop to make camp they're barely speaking to each other and Nessa's like good and at one point I think in chapter 48 he's like drink water because if you pass out you'll fall all the way down the mountain and break everybody or break every bone in your body and she kind of looks at him like good I hope I do and I was like oh my god Nesta like yeah. it, it gets really it gets really dark for her and I feel like in that moment, I actually teared up a little bit reading about her experience. And I was just like, I know people personally and also myself have been in that type of situation where it's just yeah. like, fuck it. I don't want to do this anymore. So like having her go through that experience, I was just like, oh, baby girl, <laughs> this hurts me too. No, like, it oh. does. Like It was really sad to know that like she felt that way about herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, she felt yeah. like all of her mistakes couldn't be fixed or couldn't be forgiven. And like, she, like, if she fell off that mountain, like, thank God. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, it was really, really hard. And I mean, then we get Cassian's point of view and even Cassian finds it really difficult to like see her in that state. And so he's trying his hardest to like try to get her to want to live and to want to keep moving and potentially ask for forgiveness or even forgive herself. So then we move on to chapter 49 and they're still hiking. They're still walking up the mountain. She's carrying the backpack. So she actually ends up passing out. What was happening was she wasn't taking a drink of water as they were going. She was actually dehydrating herself. 
the next day they end up actually getting to the lake. Everything kind of hits her at once. And she does drop down and she just starts bawling. And Cassian actually comes up by her side and he he ends up holding yeah, her that, from yeah. like from that afternoon till the fucking sun sets. Like they're just sitting there. And he was like, I'm here, like, if you need me. And this is what we've all kind of been waiting for at this point, because she's just been holding so much in. And we've been waiting for her to let somebody else take that load, let somebody else take care of her and actually watch her open up. Like, she was at her most vulnerable in this point. Yeah. And like, so we move on to chapter 50. Basically, Cassian is there to, like, hold her and listen to her and... She basically says everything. She's like, I couldn't save him, which the him she means is her father. Um, and Cassian is like, mm-hmm. you know, neither could I. And I was there with you. And she's like, no, but like I had powers that could save him and I didn't even try. Um, she talks about how she should have been the one to help her family during like the starvation and stuff like that. But she was so prideful and she hated her father so much that she did it out of spite. She didn't try to help them in any way in the hopes of like maybe the star- their starvation will prompt her father, prompt her father into action. And she like she just basically goes off and tells Cassian like all of her thoughts. It's almost like word vomit, filling yeah. everything. Everything that she's held so deep and has held in for so long, she just spilled it all out to Cassian. It was so heart-wrenching to hear these two people talk about their deepest things that make them vulnerable, right? Yeah, And it was just like crazy. And he what he tells her, which I thought was amazing, was because she keeps calling herself broken. She's like, I'm broken. I'm broken. I'm broken. Oh, my God. Yes. And she's like, I can't fix me. And he's like, you don't need to be fixed. You just need to heal. And I I legit another I, I swear to God, I teared up from chapter 47 to 53. The whole thing was just it was beautiful. And it all finally came to a head. And now, now that she's actually faced those things, faced what she's done, she can begin to truly, truly heal. Exactly. Um, At the end of the chapter, Cassian does hand her his sword and he's like, show me the maneuvers, the eight pointed star. And so she kind of like goes through them and like they have that moment together as well, which I thought was really, really cute. Get back to work. (laughs) Let's do a little training to get your mind uh, somewhere else or get your mind right. So we move on to chapter 51, part three, which is called Valkyrie. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Nessa points out that Gwen is putting a ribbon up on like this beam. And what it turns out is basically the final step to becoming a Valkyrie was if you could cut a ribbon in half. That's in the wind, basically. But let's get to the most important part of this chapter. Okay. The most important part of this chapter is one. Oh, God. I could fuck you for days. And two, your pretty little cat is the only thing I think about. Your pretty little cat. I'm so done. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Yo, like, no, seriously, these scenes. Put all the other scenes in the previous books to shame. To shame. I like stunned when I tell you stunned. I just want to know, Sarah, I'm asking you, did you take like some type of course in how to write this? Like what's (laughs) happening? Because you weren't writing like this in the last couple books. And now all of a sudden we got explicit details. Somebody commented on our IG post and they were like, when she went adult, she went adult. She really did. She really did. Oh, my God. I I loved it. I gobbled that shit up. Oh, my God. Let me drip down side of me. That's their song. That's their song. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Deadass. Deadass. Oh, my God. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. Um... (laughs) Nesta is also working her way to get the courage to apologize to Amran, Varian, and Feyre, and working up the courage to ask Cassian to cuddle (laughs) because he still leaves after they're done. And she's like, 
But I want you to That's speak. her fault, It's though. like, well, baby girl, a closed mouth don't get fed. You better That's say something. That's what I'm saying. I, it's her fault, though, because she, like, sat there and she was like, it's just sex. And he's doing it to protect himself. He wants to be with you, but if you're not ready for that, then he's not going to open himself up to that either. Exactly. I do like that Nesta opens up to Gwen about why she was forced to go to the House of Wind. With Gwen, she actually went into detail. She was like, well, I was drowning myself. So I feel like she's given herself a little bit to each each woman. You know what I mean? Like she's she's spoken her her background to Emery quickly. And then whereas with Gwen, she I feel like she's bonded with her. Like granted, she bonded with her before, but I feel like this was her opening up a little more to Gwen and being like, you know, this is my backstory. Because Gwen also has a really horrible backstory. And so this mm-hmm. could be like their trauma bonding in a sense. Yeah, I completely agree. But now that she's had like that emotional experience, Mm -hmm. she's starting to grow emotionally. And we can really see it here. And this is also the chapter where Gwen is like, I'm glad that you shared your story with me. I think that all of our stories should be told. I think that your story should be told when you're ready. And I'm actually really afraid for you and Emery to find out my story because when you do, I don't think you'll look at me the same. So from there, I, I genuinely knew Okay, the story that we heard about her being at the temple when uh, everything happened, either there's more to it or she's talking about something completely different. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is, we never got that information. So I'm really interested now to see what exactly it is that she's talking about. Right. Yeah, me too, honestly. Because she keeps hinting at like this really, really bad situation that caused like- She killed somebody. caused her a lot of trauma. Um. But she just isn't. I think she killed somebody. <laughs> but just isn't ready to talk about it, and I find that intriguing because she's so such a feisty, bubbly character. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's really interesting yeah. to know that like there's there's like a really bad traumatic event behind such like a nice bubbly exterior. Um, right. So then this moves us into chapter fifty two. Nesta does go to the ceremony. Or the, fe- whatever, is it a ceremony or a festival? It's just like a service. Yeah. They sing and and I think they do some prayers and stuff like that. Nesta does go. Uh, Gwen is up there. Gwen sings. Apparently this bitch has the voice of an angel. Facts. Um, so she goes ahead and she sings and Nesta is enjoying herself. Like it's the first three pages, I would say, is just a really good description of Nesta like enjoying the music. And then shit shifts. It was some weird shit. I had to read that again because she was like, and I I was listening and then all of a sudden I'm in a hallway and I'm walking past these doors and I'm like, what? where'd you go? I, no, <laughs> Where, seriously. Shade. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> where you go? So basically it shifts. It's almost like she had a vision, I'm assuming. Yeah, she was like kind of in a, in a trance. Yeah, so she shifts and she hears another voice and this voice is telling her, play me, let me sing again, join your voice with mine. And immediately Nesta knows, oh shit, this is the heart. This is what we've been looking for. That bitch done scried and didn't even mean to. Right? No, really. She got in such a trance with the music from the service that it was able to allow her to scry. I wanted to ask you a question about that. Didn't we read something about the bone carver and a harp in a court of wings and ruin? I think so. I don't remember exactly what it was. If you guys remember exactly what it was, can you tell, tell us? us? Because yeah. Because we do find out that the harp is buried in the prison in a secret passage. So I'm yeah. just like, did the bone carver have that harp before? He, I don't know if the bone carver had the harp, but I'm pretty sure the bone carver probably knew the harp was there. He mentioned something about it, right? Yeah, I think he knew the harp was there. He know everything, bro. Sorry, new R.I.P. <laughs> oh, poor, poor bone carver. If you think about it, I feel like regardless that the bone carver was supposed to be like this god of death and stuff, he was honestly just somebody who wanted to help them out and was just kind of yeah. like, hey, if you give me a bone, I'll, t- I'll give you all the answers you need. Th- literally throw me a bone and I'll... Uh... <laughs> right, and I'll answer. I mean, then they shift to Cassian. He immediately went to Reese and he was like, Nesta had a vision about the heart. It's in the prison. Reese is on a whole nother mission. He is trying to save Pharaoh. Um, but yeah. he does give Cassian one of the swords that Nesta made. This kind of bothered me because then he was like, 
then let's hope she doesn't need to draw it. They're going into the prison. You've gone into that prison with Feyre. But he does say that because uh, Brillopad has the crown mm-hmm. and they're also searching for the harp, he has put a, a massive ward, another ward around the prison. And he knows that like Bria, Bria can send them anywhere. So it's like he knows that they're probably going to show up there as well. Okay. So he expects that they're going to have to fight the Autumn Court soldiers right. or maybe Bria, Bria's troops or whatever right. that she has there. Right. So that's why he's like, I hope that you guys don't have to fight, but just know that some shit might pop off. He also mentioned something about they would probably try to release the monsters in the prison like they did in the Court of Wings, oh, and, Ruin, yeah, yeah, of Wings yeah. and Ruin yeah. to have the monsters on their side against Reese. So what I was thinking to myself was like, oh, shit. Do you think that's where Braxis has been this whole time? You think Braxis is in the prison? No, I think Braxis is with Baron. Oh, no! Whether whether he went of his own accord or whether he got caught. No, Braxis never made Braxis? it to that boat because he get across the continent, bro. No. He never made it to that boat. He got snatched up. He got snatched up by Baron. <laughs> no! <laughs> Baby Braxis. So that moves us into chapter 53. Yep. Nesta said that she could hear the scratches and screeches and stuff like that, which was interesting because when Feyre and Reese went, Feyre couldn't really hear anything, right? She could just feel their presence. It's because Nesta's different. She built different. She built uh, different. That's basically what happened. She was made yeah. differently. That's what it is. They're all made, yeah. but Nesta was made differently. And so I feel like with Nesta, all of the old ancient magic and powers and things like that, don't you say it. No, I wasn't going to say it. Okay. I wasn't going to say it. Even Nesta <laughs> okay. says it, though. Even Nesta's fed up with the damn phrase on page yeah, 532. I'm going to beat this bitch's ass. It says you it. You going to read it. It says it, and then she says, as all as you all enjoy saying. Even Nesta's fed up with this damn saying. Thank you. Nesta and I are on the same fucking page. So they do get down, and of course... The harp is all the way at the it bottom of the cave. It can't be easy, yo. Where... Like the harp can't be in the first prison, never... like the first cell. No. Can it? Can it for once be easy? No, it can never be easy. That defeats the purpose. Everything has to be a struggle. Obviously, they finally get down to the the warded part of um, the prison, and Nesta sees the harp in a different chamber. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's heavily warded by old magic. So she's like Cassian. Let me go in. I don't want you to trip off any like booby traps or anything like that. And he says, I can't risk you. I was like, ah. But she makes a point though. When he says that, she looks at him and she's like, then why are you training me to be a soldier? Yeah. I understand you can't risk me, but at the same time, you're training me to be a soldier. So. And I'm not letting to let anybody else get their hands on this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was just like, damn it. I love how strong you are, but please be careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she gets in there and she's looking and there's like a lot of markings on the floor of stars and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she says she feels like something has kind of led her there. Yeah. Like something different, not fate or uh calling or anything like that. It's something like that's truly different. Yeah. And she says that when she picks up the the harp mm-hmm. she has a moment kind of like when Feyre did when she was um touching the cauldron where she falls through oh yeah space and time and she's viewing different things that happened with the harp and then then for some reason the harp connects her mind and brillo pad's mind this is a mess. kind of like have you seen the last jedi yes you the, it was like kylo ren and <laughs> and ray basically they can talk together and bria lynn is like Oh shit, I said her name. You did. Her name Brillo Pad. Shut up. Her name Brillo Pad. Where Brillo was like, I know exactly where you are and I'm coming for you. Also, let's not skip over the fact that Brilla Lynn's face is fucked. Thanks. I also don't know if you picked this up, but they talk about, Ernesta talks about the eight pointed star mm-hmm. that was in the center of the chamber. Some days, it, it all has to connect in some way. There's no fucking yeah. way that she's training and, and Cassian is like, all right, give me the eight-pointed star. And now there's an eight-pointed right. star in the fucking chamber with the harp. Right. And I think the this, this tattoo on her back, is it an eight-pointed star or is it a six-pointed star? 
It's an eight-pointed star. So I'm like, who the fuck? Yeah. What? Yeah. What kind of magic is this? There's, there's something there. Something's connected there that we we haven't gotten to. Maybe it'll be. Maybe they'll get to it later on, or maybe in the next book. But like, it's something's there. I'm hoping it's not super obvious. Something that we didn't pick up on because I'll feel really dumb. Uh, so basically, Nesta and and Brillopad like have this whole thing, and then Nesta is trying to get out of it, and so she actually ends up talking to the harp. And she's telling the harp, like... Because all these objects talk. Yeah, she's telling the harp, like, let go, free me, like, type of thing. And then the harp is like, the harp has some sass. He's like, I don't appreciate your tone. That's <laughs> like, first of all, you are an inanimate object. Thanks. Nobody has talked to you in years, decades, centuries, Lord knows how long. Um, I'm going to talk to you how I want it. What ends up happening is Nesta... Is like, I need you to open up every ward. And it does. Cassian is like, he wants to make sure that like she's not hurt. Nothing happened to her type of thing. And I'm like, Cassian. Um, we also get the jacked up name for her sword. Oh, yeah. Ad, ataraxia. How do you say this? Ataraxia? Is it is it ataraxia? Ataraxia. Yeah, so her sword's name is Thorax. Thorax. And... A thorax. A thoraxia. <laughs> Her name, the sword's name is a thoraxia. Oh, God. She says that she found this word in a book from the old language, but she doesn't explain what that word means. Can we get a meaning? Like, I'm like, Sarah, not everything has to be shrouded in mystery. You can just right. give me the answer now. Give me the give meaning. Give me the answer now. Exactly. So what she gives the name to Cassie, and Cassie's like, I like it. She pauses to kiss him, and... <sighs> She admits that Gwen and Emery are her friends. And then she's like, I think you have always been my friend, Cassian. And then like they go to have a moment and he immediately tells her to run because Lanthes, is that how you say his, his name? Lanthes? I call him Lanyard. Okay. So Lanyard, <laughs> um, Lanyard's cell door is fucking open. Bruh, the monster ruined the fucking moment because I bet you money that she was about to say and I've always loved you. Me too. Me too. Oh, no. Me too. I thought that that was exactly where that was going. <laughs> so then I like, sat there. I was like, all right, all right, Lanyard, let's let's get this over with. Let's let's <laughs> Right. Like you've ruined, you the, ruined it. Let's you get ruined it over the groove. It. Exactly. You threw off my emperor's groove. Throw his ass out the window. So <laughs> that brings us into chapter 54. 54. And Cassian has already decided no matter what, he is going to die protecting Nesta so that she has a chance to get out. And at this point, Nesta's also like, oh shit, I asked the harp to release the wards, which is what brought Lanthus out of his cage. Oh shit, are all the other monsters also out of their cages? I was like, oh baby, you better hope not. You better hope not. Exactly. But she does end up running. And while she's running, she realizes like, I have a fucking magical harp that can winnow me anywhere i need to go back i need to help cassie and i was like yeah bitch pretty logical thought process now right what was that thought process earlier right i'm just like okay okay but you know what whatever does that just run in the archron family i'm just curious (laughs) like everybody's dying on the battlefield i should go ask the surreal for help cassian's dying trying to protect nesta i I should use the harp to get us out of here yo but Nesta does realize this, and at the same time, Autumn Court soldiers have entered the fucking prison. And I was like, bro, this is a clusterfuck of a situation right now. It's too much at this point. Like, I am heavy breathing at this point, sweating. I was like, what are we doing? Who, what, when, where, why? So Nesta does end up getting back to Cassian just in time because (laughs) she uses, Nesta ends up using a tracksuit. To stab Lanyard. Yes, different names for her swords. <laughs> so she uses a tracksuit to stab Lanyard. And it turns him from mist to man. into an actual physical form. To a nice looking man. I'm not going to lie. He was described very handsomely. Even though he is evil as shit. He really was. I like sat there. I was like, okay. 
All we right. got problems, y'all. We got we do. problems. We do. It all started with Luke, and I'm not going to lie. You know what? I think it really started with Edward. He was toxic as fuck. Yo, Midnight Sun. <laughs> Read a Midnight Sun. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck, yo? I was like, is this what we're into? I was like, this is what I was into in high school? He was fucked up, man. All the red flags. Every single red flag. I was like. But my red flag is in the shape of a heart. <laughs> <laughs> But red is my favorite color. We're just going to keep going. But red is my favorite color. <laughs> We're just going to keep going. So she does end up stabbing him. Lanyard turns into a physical form and he's like, he butt ass naked. He is. He's butt ass naked, naked standing naked. there trying to convince her like, hey, hey, listen, 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 listen. You don't want to do this. <laughs> we could rule together. Yo. You and me. You and I. We could be a thing. Not gonna lie though, because this man really did go out of his way. Like this monster really went out of his way. He came out butt ass naked, was the sculpture of like pure goldedness, like male, whatever, and stuff, right? And then he decides, you know what? You you could be my queen. You not queen, I'm sorry, like my goddess. My No, he does say queen. queen, right? Okay. So he's like, you could be my queen. And like then he gives her a vision of what their life could be like. Bro. And I was just like Right. <laughs> it was like Nesta and him on a throne. They have all the objects from the dread trove. They have these big scaly beasts sitting at their feet. Yep. He was talking about um, them on the wild hunt. Him making love to her and like Yo, her bearing him a child. On, I was like, because, whoa. Because the, the vision went into graphic detail about him making yes, love to did. her. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. All right. It went into graphic detail. I was like, Nesta. <laughs> I was like. No, I was like, Lanyard. What the fuck? I was like, hold up. So she ends up breaking three of that vision. And he is like, oh, I will have you. That was crazy. I was, he was like, I want you. And I'm going to have you. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Why is it that a bad bitch gets misunderstood power and all of a sudden everybody wants to bag her? Like, <laughs> like I don't understand. But, um. Beheading! Nesta decapitates the fuck out of this man. Nesta's 3-0 and right now. Okay? <laughs> Yo, not, not going to lie. That's her signature move right now. Her signature move is to behead people. That's, That's what I'm saying. Nessa's 3-0. and o, Beheaded the King of Hybrid, beheaded the Kelp Monster, and then beheaded Lanyard. Yep. Baby girl is on a roll. She about to make the finals. <laughs> <laughs> she about to make the finals. I'm done. <laughs> um, so then at the end of it, they use the heart to w- not winnow, but like transfer them back to Valaris, essentially. I think they end up outside the, the house, right? The river house. Yeah, yeah she's like, take us to, house. she's like, take us to the, and she's very specific. Yes. Cause she's like, you, you fool me once. Shame on you. Shame fool on you. Me twice. Fool me we, twice. We, we, we getting in there. You, you can't fool me again. No. <laughs> J. Cole. <laughs> <laughs> we just gonna start calling J. Cole this bitch wants to know dead ass. <laughs> um, no, so then what ends up happening is basically resand like he feels them or something so he like busts out the house uh cassian is yeah we get to chapter 55 yeah 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 uh so so again uh reese is like a mothering hen he's like fussing over cassian oh my god yes he's like i told you to do this and not do that and i'd be damned if you think that you're gonna go anywhere out of this house and that's just stand there in the corner like this is actually really funny kind of cute yeah yeah <laughs> She's like, I agree with him. I totally agree with him. She also ends up, she's trying to show it in her eyes, like to Feyre, like, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean yeah. any of that. I'm sorry that I caused you pain. And Feyre answers her mind to mind. She's like, it's okay. I forgive you. Nessa's like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> she's like, oh, I forgot. You you do right. your little you mind tricks that, and yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Then after that, they do lock up the harp and like the mask. Mother forbid something happened and like, Whoever is looking for them is able to get them both at the same time. There was also a ton of information in this chapter. Oh, so this is the chapter with the... The wild hunt? Yes. So this is the chapter about the wild hunt, but then also about the first high king of Perinthian. And then um, also about the creatures that Nesta saw when her and Lanyard were like ruling. Those are the creatures of the night court. Yes. Yeah. So that made me think, okay, that made me think, do you, and I don't know if, if this is like, if this makes sense, but this was my thought process. 
one of the people of the night court, do you think that they are the last people to use the harp? Maybe. And then even more specifically, do you think that maybe Rhysand's dad was the last person to use the harp to get to? Well, I know they can winnow to the spring court, mm -hmm. but what if he used it to like, actually, you know what? Now as I'm saying it, it doesn't make as much sense as I thought I, before. I honestly think that Reese is a descendant of the High King because they talk about Amran and they say Amran came to this world around that time. And so Amran... She probably saw how that ruling went, which is probably why she's told Reese, you should be high king. And that is why the cauldron is giving him all of these opportunities. Shit. I didn't even connect that. I was just like, something in the night court, beast. No, but it makes sense. No, it makes a lot of, it makes a lot of sense. I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to connect it. Yeah. Like my mind was all over the no, place. Because there's so much shit. There's so much shit thrown yes, at you. Sarah, what the fuck? It's so much, but there, so the high King story is very similar to uh, King Arthur. It's basically a, a, a specific being who came into oh, play, yeah. who got his hands on a sword, who was able to unite an entire kingdom. And then he was betrayed by his queen and his first knight. And then he fell. Also, side note, if you haven't read Legendborn, then what the fuck are you doing with your life, girl? <laughs> no, deadass. It's a it's a King Arthur retelling. Is it? Yes, girl. I'm gonna have it's to sit so and watch it. I mean, good. watch it. It I'm is gonna have to sit so and read it. good. Okay. Yeah, it's so good. Okay. Um, but yes, I didn't even put those those two things together. Yeah. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Also, Reese and I really don't like this for i really don't like him for this even though he says like nesta it's your choice but he's kind of like i feel like even though no hold on even though he's telling nesta it's your choice he's really looking at her like bitch you really don't got a choice like um no exactly exactly he's like i want you to seduce eris he's coming for the winter solstice <sighs> and we need to make sure that he knows that he's wanted here and that we're on his side still and shit like that and i was like so you want her to throw herself at him to ensure that he stays on your side like and then wait so then in order to like stop any argument basically they try to they try to list off why she's the only one that can do this but i like sat there i was like are you are you fucking serious like nesta's the only one let elaine do it right I don't, I just, I don't understand. And Cassian, oh my God. Cassian was like over Cassian my exploded. fucking dead body. <laughs> Cassian exploded. And that's why I was like, I truly believe that this mating bond is going to snap very fiercely into place when he sees Nesta dancing with Eris. He, he basically said over my dead body and Reese talked over him as if Cassian ain't say shit. Right. Cass Cassian and Reese are going to end up getting into some type of fight by the end of this book. I guarantee it. Mm-mm. Later, Nesta also mentions that she goes back to her cottage, her old cottage. Yeah. I wanted to ask you very briefly beforehand. She's like, oh, we trained for a little while. And then, you know, we left. And Gwen asked Asriel to go over handling daggers, mm -hmm. which made me sit and think. Nesta has three new Dread Trove items. Oh. oh. She already named her sword. I bet you Emery is going to get the smaller sword mm -hmm. and Gwen is going to get the dagger. Wouldn't there be some shit? Give them, give, give the maid swords to the new Valkyries. Hell yeah. Goddamn. Um, I also, I like this part because it's more of emotional healing for Nesta. Mm. Kind of like when Favor went back to her old cottage and she was just like, this isn't my life anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like she knows that she did transcended. She's becoming very emotionally aware, which I really, really like for her character. It's, it's the development that we wanted. Like in her Yeah, character. it's very becoming. Yeah. It's why we're going to die on that hill for her. Duh, duh. I will set up houses on that hill. That's all I'm saying. I will protect that hill with all the ferocity of a thousand suns. Ferocity or ferocity? Ferocity, right? Um, you... <clears throat> Okay, yep. So chapter 56. Right. Chapter 56. So basically, her and more in this chapter have kind of an understanding. In the last chapter, Reese basically tells Nesta, more will teach you all of the dances that um, you're going to need to know in order to, you know, have your dance with Eris. And ultimately, they have kind of an understanding. Like, they go into conversation. 
they um, end up having to go back to the library together. And Moore actually tells Nesta, listen, you don't have to constantly call me Morgan. Like, you can call me Moore. It's a step. Yeah, it's it is. It's a step in the it right really direction. Is. It's progress. And then Moore actually meets Emery. Moore doesn't meet Emery, but she's in there with, with Clotho. When Nesta goes down to her cart, Emery and Gwen are there. And Emery is like staring at Moore. She's like, she's so beautiful. Oh, man. I forgot how beautiful she was. She never comes to Windhaven anymore. And I was like, gotcha, bitch. Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) One for everybody. One for everybody. We got one for everybody. Everybody has a mate. Basically, one for everybody. I was like, oh my God, I'm here for it. Let's go, Emery Moore romance. I want to see it. Um, But yeah, I thought that was really cute. Also, Gwen in this chapter just reminds me of how much I love her. She's so sweet. She gives them a winter solstice present. And it's basically she's writing chapters in a book with Meryl about the rebirth of the Valkyrie and their roles in it. I was like, this is the best thing ever, Gwen! I also wonder if this is how Gwen is going to tell them her story. Maybe she can't say it out loud, so maybe she'll have them read it. Yeah. I'm excited for that, honestly. Like, granted, I'm not excited to hear about the trauma, but I'm excited to hear about what was so horrible that she feels the way she feels. Like, it's it's missing pieces in a puzzle. Yeah. And it's like, the more information that we get, we can put it together exactly. and figure out, like, where this story is going to go. Right. So, yeah, I am excited for that to come up. Basically, towards the end of this chapter, Nesta and the house kind of have a moment. Yeah! So she finds her herself basically in the middle of the house where like the swirling darkness that she initially saw was at in the library. Yeah. yeah. And um she like just has like a conversation with the house and she basically is like, you know, this is what you wanted to show me. Like this is your win- winter solstice present to me is to reveal yourself. And Nessa's like, you know, you're my friend. She basically says the house is her friend. And she's like, and you're my home. And then she's like, happy solstice. It's so cute, damn it. This is definitely Reese's mother's spirit in this house. I don't care what anybody says at this point. I It's, it's her. It's crazy. Like, I like said, I'm like, this is so nice. Because we we always said, like, we said from the beginning, we really loved that the house had a personality, right? Yeah. And like, the fact that it was trying to show Nesta itself, like, its true self, the heart, I think it's so cute. And like, her acknowledging their friends. I was just like, oh, I was like, I love this. I love this for you. I love this for you, House of Wind. And I love this for you, Nesta. So that's where we end in this chunk of chapters for this episode. A lot of drama, a lot of self-realization, a lot of healing. And I'm here for all of it. Also an ample of my uh, spice, if I must assume myself. And... <laughs> I just feel like this story is is kind of on a move. Yeah. We only have a little bit left. So I'm really interested to see how this is going to end. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the the war with Bria Lynn and stuff, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be in this book. I think we're going to have to wait for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we might also have to wait for Farrah's pregnancy and everything. Because it's like, what are we? We have... It only goes up until chapter 80, and we're on chapter 56 right now. Yeah, well, 57 is where we're going to start for the next. Sarah does have a thing about making the end of her books very, very hectic. Yeah. So maybe in the last 10 chapters, it'll be like, and then so-and-so died. The end. Waiting for the next book. No. I'd be so pissed off. Um, I don't really have any predictions. Oh, no. I had one prediction. Nesta talks about the fourth item in the Dread Trove. Oh, yeah. Um, that was veiled in the vision. She couldn't see it. And she said it looked like almost a weathered piece of bone. I think it's something that the bone carver made and left behind. Okay. I can see that. That's the only prediction that I have. I was thinking about it too. I'm like, bone. I'm like, what? What could that be? But yeah, now that you mentioned like the bone carver, I can see it being something that he, yeah. He's the only person that works with bones Bones. and carvings and shit like that. So I'm like, okay, well, it has to be something that he had made. Yeah. But do you have any predictions? I think I'm, well, besides the ones I mentioned throughout the story. (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) 
god. That's just there's a bunch of shit yeah. going on, and, no and I still don't know how to put this puzzle together. Like same. It's like I feel like it's a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. I have I don't even have the corners together. Exactly. It's like always it's like little hints here and there and here and there and yeah. you know what I mean? And then like we're trying to piece the puzzle together with the little hints, but we're still missing like a bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully it doesn't slap me too hard in the face when it is revealed. The next chapters that we are going to be reading for the next episode are chapters 57 through 70. You guys, thank you so much for joining us this week. Please, 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 please make sure that you are rating and reviewing the podcast so you can tell us about how well we're doing because we really, really like that confidence boost. And tell your friends about me. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at YA at Heart Podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. Facts. So with that, we'd like to say thank you guys for joining us. Stay tuned to the next episode. We love you and always stay YA at Heart. Bye. Bye.